<sighs> We're back. Can I tell you one little story which you'll enjoy? So um, our oldest granddaughter, both of our granddaughters are phenomenal young women. Um, but our oldest granddaughter is a junior in college now, a pre-med, and she is br beyond brilliant. Uh, you know, we're all going to brag about our grandkids. So she disappears on Christmas Eve. We couldn't find her anywhere. It's a three-story house. We couldn't find this granddaughter anywhere. Finally found her in the basement crying because she had just found out she actually got an A- minus on one of her tests. <laughs> Organic chemistry or something. <laughs> She had been sick the last two weeks, all during her finals, and she actually got an A minus. Everybody else would have been jumping up and down excited, right? <laughs> I just thought you'd like that story. Well, so that that begins our uh, new year, that we're all going to excel this year. We're all going to do everything we can to excel in all of the things that God gives us, and I am so excited to see all that's going to happen, both here in the church and in our private lives uh, as we share them with one another. So, does anybody else have a little thing to bring this morning, a message or anything? Anything going on? Okay, so let me see what's happening this week. Um, we have Thursday prayer and potluck, six o'clock. Um, come and enjoy the fellowship, bring a favorite dish, and it's a really good time both for fellowship and prayer. Heavenly Father, I do praise and thank you for this morning and this day for all that have come here today to worship and praise and love you. We thank you for uh, Pastor Ray. Ask your blessing upon him and his message. We pray, Father, that anyone that is heading this way will uh, not find an impediment, but they will be here to join us. And pray for Ladane that she would have an excellent day in her work and that she might even find joy and your presence there with her. We thank you, Lord, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new year. Uh, this last year was a struggle, I think, for a few of us folks. And may the Lord work out things to return the joy um, that may have been quieted in your life. In tune with the Master. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Out west, an old shepherder had a violin, but it was out of tune, and he had no way of tuning it. So in desperation, he wrote to one of the radio stations and asked them on a certain hour, on a certain day, that they would strike the tone A. The officials of the station decided that they would accommodate this old fellow. And on that particular day, the true tone of A was broadcast. His fiddle was thus tuned, and once more again, his cabin echoed with joyful music. When we live apart from God, our lives get out of tune, out of harmony with others and with God. But if we live in tune with the Master, we too will find ourselves surrounded by his beautiful music. As this year begins, ask God to help you tune your life every day to his word so that you can bring harmony and joy to those around you. Hope for today? Are you feeling weary and worn? Are you desperate for something to change? Ask God to reveal in your life what may be out of tune. He will be faithful to you. And with that, we'll turn it over to the worship team. like to stand and join us joy to the world or you don't have to you can put this in joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing, and 
walking on my air legs. Uh, about 40 years ago, the Lord prompted me to start reading the Psalms and Proverbs. And the way I, I went about it, and somebody showed me this, is you read for the date. So this is the first of the, day, of the month, first day. So you read Psalm 1, 31, 61, 91, and 121. Tomorrow it's 2, 32, 60, you get the idea. And then you're going to read from Proverbs also on the first, you read Proverbs 1. So for about 40 years I've been doing that, and it never ceases to amaze me how 
I see new things all the time. It's like you just really can't take it all in at once. You have to have piece, one piece at a time. But his word is not going to return to him void. It's going to accomplish what he wants it to. And so I'd like to read Psalm 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I have cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks to the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen. If you'd like to stand once more, we can do the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his righteous throne, his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. 
Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to, to, to me also. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. If you'd like to join me in the responsive reading. I arise today, your almighty strength, God's power to guide me, God might to uphold me, God's eyes to watch over me, God's ears to hear me, God's word to give me speech, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to shelter me, God's host to secure me, amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, creator of all, owner of all, we know that you lend, you put certain things in our hands, and you tell us to use them wisely. And to use them wisely is to use them to help others, to reach out when someone is naked, give them clothing, or thirsty and give them drink, hungry and give them food, or homeless and invite them in. So Lord, we ask you to give us the strength to be what you want us to be and the wisdom to use our gifts as you would have them used. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I saw mercy Mercy seated where the judge should be was guilty Guilty and getting out of jail free heart in return and every time I think about it, every time I thought was the end I'm caught up in wonder again where would I be where would I be if it wasn't for the love of God oh yeah this song
can it be I'm living with an infinite worth when the one I thought I chose has chosen me first? Hallelujah for the love of God. Show us slide one, please. First John 4, 9 through 12. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. Let us pray. Father, truly no man has ever seen you and lived to tell about it, but your word alive in us we become a city on a hill, a light for all to see. Father, your son is the light of the world, and as we allow him to shine through us, people can see you. Father, they can see your face in ours. They can see your kindness in our actions. They can see our hope, our peace, our grace as a manifestation of you. Make it so, Father. Make it so. And now speak to us through your word and through your spirit. Bless every word I speak for the upbraid, for the uh, blessing of all here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My sermon title this morning is A God-Centered World. 
Sure, slide two, please. And our text is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It's imperative we give thanks, folks. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a cordiality, a respect, a certain reverence that's often missing from our conversations with God. Most of us don't consider our prayers to be a conversation with God. For most of us, our prayers are more like email. Not formal, not personal, and not necessarily applied. Our prayers lack decorum. We tend to forget who we're talking to. We tend to be too casual with a holy God. Why do the angels shout continuously, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty? In the Hebrew language, to emphasize a word three times in repetition means perfect emphasis. When I was young, my father would encourage me to visit other churches. When I was in high school, I had several friends from other faiths. And he always encouraged me, when you're invited to uh, one of your friend's churches, you need to go. Because you can learn from everybody. You can learn from anybody. And he often encouraged me to go with my Catholic friends to their church. He said, one thing you'll learn from the Catholics is reverence for God. He said, you'll notice we Protestants, we start visiting at the vestibule and we keep visiting into the sanctuary and sometimes beyond. But he said, the Catholics note all the small talk and cordiality ends at the vestibule. And when you come into the sanctuary, it is a holy place. We need to elevate our consciousness of God. We need to elevate our reverence for God. Today as we venture into the new year, one year closer to the Lord's return. One year closer to Jesus returning to our broken world. What is our focus? Are we focused on a holy God? All of us are subject to the stunning contradictions and the outright lies of those in power in this country. Lying and deception has become an art form in not only this country but throughout the world. We stagger at the immensity of the corruption and malevolence that is manifest in our country and how it impacts our lives. We maintain our sanity by living in response to that which keeps us alive. Food, shelter, clothing, love and forgiveness, and a deeper understanding of God's Word. Our prayers are a submission to the mastery of the one who supplies all our needs according to his riches, the riches of his grace. And what is the root of prayer? Prayer is a focus upon God. Properly, it is a focus upon God, a continuing focus upon God until all the cares of this life actually make sense. If your life doesn't make sense, then you're not praying enough. Or you're not praying correctly. How clearly you see this life, how clearly you see God is a direct correlation to not only how much you pray, but how well you pray. 
We all need checks on our prayer life, especially me. We wake up each day to a world of braggarts, the violence of war, and the arrogance of power and money. We ask ourselves, what good does it do to pray? Considering that we are pitted against governments, armies, and billionaires, all bent on world domination. What's the use of praying? How can we motivate ourselves to pray when all the obvious power in this world is already allocated to heads of state, barons of industry, megalomaniac dictators, and their armies? Why should we pray? In prayer, we intend to exit the world of anxieties and enter a world of wonder. We intend to enter a world that is God-centered. And that's the only place we find our peace. When we pray, and it's not easy. Why is it not easy? Because we're used to chaos. We're conditioned to chaos. That's all we see and hear on the nightly news. Anytime you tune your radio in your car, if it's a news station, you're not going to hear good news. We are not used to wonder. We're not used to God and his glorious mystery. So how do we do this? How do we leave one world for the other? How do we focus on God? Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Isaiah 26. Here's some New Year's resolutions for us all. We should all seriously consider these in the coming year. Number one, dedicate your life to prayer, specifically prayers of praise and thanksgiving. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to give you a voracious appetite for his word. Number three, ask the Lord to give you a passion for the lost. I think all of us here this morning know that this church is not going to grow until we all have a passion for the lost. I um, saddled my bicycle a couple of days ago and was rolling down the street to do my usual trek. And I passed a car I didn't recognize and somebody yelled at me, Pastor, how you doing? And I turned around, and sure enough, it was the neighbor right across the street. I pulled up next to him, and I said, Friend, you must own a car lot, because every time I see you, you've got a new and different ride. And he chuckled. He says, Well, things aren't going that well, Pastor. Uh, uh, there's uh, three families living in this house, and we all share one car now because the other two are broken down. And uh, he continued as he climbed out of the car. He said, Preacher, I want you to know something. He said, there's hardly anybody else on this block that will talk to me. And I want you to know that every time you, you brought over an extra watermelon, you brought over gifts for the kids, uh, you've offered to pray for me. He said, I, don't, I haven't forgotten one of those kindnesses. And he said, I would have come to church Christmas Eve. Thank you for the invitation. I would have come, but I had to work. He said, I will come. You look out. I will come someday. I'll surprise you, and I will come. He said, but i got to tell you, I don't get into, you know, that corporate thing. Uh, I said, okay. I said, why don't you come knock on my door and just you and me, we'll do church. I said, it only takes two. He says, you got a deal. I will come knock on your door. So 
What I'm trying to convey is your consistency in your witness. It pays way more dividends than you think. All your kindnesses, they're noticed. What part does prayer play in growing a church? Everything. To quote John Wesley, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. He doesn't grow a church unless we pray. So keep praying. But what is prayer? Prayer is a conversation with God where we listen more than we speak. That's a paradigm shift for many of us. Prayer is a response to what we hear from God as we sit before God. The operative term is before God. There is a mindset that we need to accomplish in prayer. It's all important. Before God is a spiritual posture, a very necessary posture. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We don't use hallowed in our everyday speech. What's it mean? Reverence. We start our prayers with reverence and humility. What do the scriptures say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Psalm 100. Predicate your prayers with thanksgiving and praise. God speaks to us and our answers are our prayers. That kind of takes us by surprise, doesn't it? Because uh, more often than not, we're asking, 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 and not listening, listening, listening. Prayer is answering speech. This is completely backwards from how most of us learn to pray. Do you want to learn how to pray? Pray rightly, pray better. Go to the book of Psalms. Thank you, brother. That was excellent. Here's another New Year's resolution for you. Read a psalm a day. At least one psalm a day. Go to the book of prayer at least once a day and learn how to pray. Show us slide three, please. Psalm 34, the Psalm of David. I will praise the Lord at all times. Notice how he starts his prayer. I will praise God at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear. Most times when you see the word fear anywhere in the Bible, it's better translated revere. We don't stand shaking in God's presence. We come boldly to the throne, but we come with reverence. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Revere the Lord, you his godly people, for those who revere him will have all they need. That's a promise. 
When we pray, we communicate with God. We answer God. We respond to his spirit, and our answers are not always articulate. God remembers that we are dust. He remembers that he made us from the dust, that we are broken and quite imperfect. Sometimes our answers are silence. Sometimes they are sighs, even groanings and weeping. Anything we communicate to God is prayer, even if it's anger. Our soul, our emotions pray when our mind can't find the words to express. Show us slide four, please. Romans 8, 26 and 27. And the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. So if you can't even phrase a sentence when you're struggling to where you can't even offer a sentence to God, just offer up a groan and let the Holy Spirit pray for you. In other words, the Holy Spirit directs our prayers and prays through us. What a blessing. The Holy Spirit forms our prayers into those which God can and will answer. We don't know how to pray as we should. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Our prayers aren't always positive or even correct. Sometimes we pray in anger, skepticism. Sometimes we complain. Read the Psalms of David. Every other page, he's complaining, ranting, then you turn the page and he's praising and thinking. That's you and me. That's our lives. But whether in angst or in thanksgiving, just pray. God is listening, always. He is involved whether our prayers are offered in faith or doubt, hope or despair. And this is why we should pray. Because no matter the situation, no matter how dire no matter how desperate or seemingly hopeless, God is listening. And he answers every prayer. Either a yes, a no, or not quite yet. When you feel least like praying is the time you most need to pray. And if you can't pray anything else, just say thank you, Lord. Thank you. I know your mercy's on the way. Thank you. We need to understand exactly what the Apostle John saw in his revelation from Jesus. Show us slide number five, please. I've preached this before, but I'll preach it again until I'm sure you got it. Revelation 1, verse 12 through 15 from the NIV. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. If you remember how the Old Testament priests were dressed when they went into the Holy of Holies, that's what we're looking at, our high priest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. You ever stood at the foot of the ocean? Don't you feel small, insignificant? And you think, oh Lord, you created all of this for my enjoyment. Here we have a picture of Jesus seated on his throne. His voice sounded like the sound of rushing waters. On one of my trips to Hawaii, I was uh, very privileged to go 
A few times I was flying a quarter of a million air miles a year and I had air miles you wouldn't believe. I, it was hard to use them up, I had so many. So I'd head to Hawaii. Hawaii's best when it's free. But uh, Kauai was my favorite island, still is. And uh, I decided to take in the Wailea waterfall. And uh, I also decided that the worn path was not for me. I wanted to do it a little differently. So I exited the path and something marvelous happened. I could hear the waterfall in the background. It was the ambient sound that carried all the other sounds, the sounds of the birds chirping. And I noticed that uh, I just tuned my ears to where that sound was. And in very short order, I was on a cliff looking at Wailea Falls. And one thing that truly caught my mind was this verse. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And I thought to myself, Lord, this is you seated on your throne because you are always speaking. You are always encouraging. You are always answering prayer. Just like waves lapping up on the shore, you never stop speaking your truth and your love. Slide number six, please. Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. What's that sword? The word of God. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. A stern caution for us all this morning. We will not see Jesus' face shining like the sun. We will not feel the catharsis of his presence. We will not behold his majesty until our prayer life pushes through the veil of our self-centeredness into his throne room, into the holy of holies and his magnificent presence. How do we do this? How do we make sure that our prayers are heard? Lace them with praise and thanksgiving. It's hard to wrap our heads around a concept of a caring God, an infinitely caring God. As the song we played for the intro, how can I be living in a infinite worth. What he is asking is, how can I comprehend the infinite worth that God has given me? A God who cares about everything we care about, whether it's our pets or a broken solenoid on the motor of our favorite car. He cares about everything we care about. Our habit is to talk about God, not to him. To think about God, but not on him. If prayer is answering speech, you can't answer God if you can't hear him. How do we hear him? James chapter 4 verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I love the message translation. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time at all. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life and he'll be there in a flash. In other words, find a quiet, solitary place. Sit down, relax, and enjoy God's presence. Be quiet. Focus on God. Then start your prayer with praise and thanksgiving and then just simply listen. 
I've talked to you several times about the eternal now. I believe it is essential that we understand the eternal now. And once again, I'll continue to preach it until I'm sure you've got it or I've bored you to tears. Your eternal now, your now is eternal. This present moment in time is time immemorial. There is no past in God. Don't be absent from this moment. Don't tell yourself yesterday was a disaster, so I'll have to redouble my efforts today. Today is eternal. What you do today is what counts. Your eternal now. You want another New Year's resolution? Print out Isaiah 3015 and scotch tape it to your refrigerator door. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Put that on your refrigerator door or the mirror you use to shave in each morning. Put it somewhere where you cannot miss it. Slide number seven, please. Isaiah 30 is powerful. Well, the entire book of Isaiah is powerful. It's the, the gospel according to Isaiah. Isaiah 30. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. You said we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, I will make your pursuers swift. A thousand of you will flee at the threat of one of your enemies. And at the threat of five, your entire nation will flee until you are left like a solitary flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed be all who wait for him. Learning to wait for God, it's not easy. If it were easy, we'd all be happy as clams. Waiting on God, resting on his promises is a watermark of your Christian maturity. And you say, okay, preacher, how do I get there? What I've presented to you today is a paradigm shift. Learning how to listen to God and consider that prayer. If I've done my job this morning, I've left you considering that how much of what you know about prayer is possibly upside down. For most of us to consider that listening to God is the better part of prayer is truly a paradigm shift. We've trained ourselves to believe that prayer is like pulling the handle on a slot machine. So if you feed enough quarters in there, eventually you're going to pull up a whole row of sevens. That is not how God works. For us, <clears throat> excuse me, for us to consider that prayer <clears throat> is a conversation with God is a real leap of faith. To think that we can actually hear God speak blows our minds. And yet all we have to do to hear God speak is to sit down, relax, focus on him. And when he speaks, simply answer, yes, Lord. I believe what you said. And I will allow you to direct my life accordingly. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we ask that in the coming year you direct our thoughts, our passions, our wants, our needs. Direct all of it to you. You are the endless source. Help us ever always to picture you on your throne, your throne of providence, your throne of power, your all-sufficiency. Help us visualize you seated on your throne speaking endlessly, speaking endlessly to us of your peace, your grace, your mercy, and your great love for us. Help us picture that, Father. Help us truly see that you meet every need. Not every want, every need. Grant it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For our benediction this morning, Psalm 145, 18. God's there, listening for all who pray, for all who pray and mean what they pray. From Eugene Peterson. Prayer takes place in every detail of our lives, or it should. It takes place in the loneliest reaches of our hearts and in the isolation of solitude. We need solitude in our lives, and we need silence. For there is much to be cultivated in our silence and our solitude. Before God, Silence and solitude. Our silence and solitude needs to be guarded and treasured for they are as essential to our souls as meat and potatoes for our bodies. Blessings to each of you. Let's prepare for the sacrament of the altar. Happy New Year. <laughs> Another year. Wow, it's hard to believe. January 1st, you know, Jesus came into this world as a baby. We just, we just celebrated Christmas, and it wouldn't, you know, his birth is everything. You know, if it weren't for his birth, um, that's where our hope is. And, you know, he knows, he knows what it's like to be human. He came. He knows hurting he knows to be mistreated. He knows how to be disappointed. He was disappointed plenty of times. He knows what it's like to lose a loved one. You know, this time of year, it's really sad for many, many people as they, their hearts are breaking, you know, but Jesus' heart broke. He, he knows what it's like. And... Um, as we face the new year ahead, whatever that means, whatever that may bring, we have Jesus who knows, he understands, he has compassion, he, know, he knows that we may face, he knows what we're going to face here with all of us, with us and for us. And I just say, hang on to him for the ride, because, you know, we don't know where we're going to go. Um, as we prepare our hearts this morning for communion, let's ask him to be with us, to commune with us. And, you know, Ray's message just went right along with this as I thought about the song, Commune With Me. And what that means is commune with God, to focus on God, to compare with him, to talk with him, to the intimate conversation, um, sharing your heart and mind and God in prayer, and most of all, like Ray said, listening. That's probably the most important part. So um, as we 
prepare our hearts to partake. This is the body and the blood of Jesus. So let's go ahead and sing our communion song, Commune With Me, if you'd like to stand, and we'll sing that, and then we'll come up and, and partake. Till we meet again 